Matthew chapter 17. Uh, Bill, give me just a, a, a little bit, a penny's worth of monitor today. Not a nickel's worth, but just a penny's worth. And I want to talk to you for a few moments today about a very familiar passage of Scripture. Now, I had planned to preach an entirely different thing today. In fact, I had a series of three messages that I was getting ready to launch into today that was going to take us through the next three weeks. That's great. Thank you. You're doing a wonderful job up there, and you thinking, I haven't touched a button yet. Uh, but anyway, it sounds good. Um, but I, I just, this week, I just felt the stirring of the Holy Spirit in my heart to talk to you today from a pastor's heart, if you will. Uh, this may not be the finest um, hermeneutical sermon that you've ever heard in terms of point one, two, and three, A, B, and C, uh, but I don't know if I've ever felt anything as strongly as I do today that just from a pastor to you, some things that I feel like that we need to be aware of as we're facing uh, the coming days in our, in our, in our country, in our nation, uh, in our families, and in our homes, and in our church. And so I just simply want to ask you a question today that hopefully you will answer honestly. And the question is simply this, what part does faith play in your life? What, what part does faith play in your life? Now, when I ask you that, I'm not asking about, do you believe in Jesus? I think everybody in this house today would say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. In fact, many of us would be able to say, I've been serving the Lord for a lot of years. I know many of you have. I myself have. But I also know that there are times in life when it's hard for us to live with the level of faith that is necessary to bring about a victory that we need to experience in our lives. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit, aren't you? Just recently, and I'm probably preaching to myself as much as I am to anyone here today, so if it doesn't apply to you, just go home and feel like, whew, I got out today without getting hit. Uh, but, but it's as much to me as it is for anyone, and here's how this all started. I had made a hospital visit not long ago, and as I frequently do, I go into the hospital, and I sit down beside the person that is sick, and, and we visit for a while, and uh, we talk about faith, and we talk about Scripture, and we talk about holding on, and we talk about having confidence in the Lord, and then typically at some point in there, I ask if I can pray with them, and, uh, and I do. And I take their hand, and I pray with them and for them. And this particular day, I thought I had done an exceptional job. I mean, it was a really pretty prayer. It was. I mean, I prayed for all of the typical things that you would pray for. Lord, I pray that you'll give these doctors and physicians the knowledge and the understanding and the wisdom that they need, that you'll help them to know how to identify what the problem is that we're facing here, and that you will help them to be able to give the treatment that is necessary. I pray for the nurses, that you will allow them to treat them with compassion and love and to help them through this situation. I pray for this patient, Lord, today, uh, that you will give them hope, that you will give them peace, that you will give them comfort, 
And Lord, that you will resolve this situation in Jesus' name, amen. And I said my farewells, left my business card on the little uh, tray there like I always do, and out I went, feeling pretty proud of myself. I got in the truck, cranked it up, the old diesel started running, and I'm feeling good about the diesel, the sound of the diesel, and, and the truck, and I'm coming home, and, and I just kind of felt in my spiritual ear, the Holy Spirit say to me, you know, Rob, that was a very cute prayer that you prayed today. And I kind of thought, I said, well, th thank you, Lord. I appreciate that. I've worked real hard on that. I've got it perfected. You know, I've been doing this for a lot of years. I was feeling really good about it. And, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me again and said, yeah, it was, it was not what I would have expected from you. It's not what I wanted from you because what you prayed for today, while it was all good, it left out a very important element that one that you need to recognize is very real. And that is that I don't need a doctor to heal and I don't need a nurse to give peace and I don't need medicine to bring about healing. I don't need those things. I can use those things. And it's true that I have given people the wisdom and the knowledge to be able to create certain things that will be helpful. But I need for you to remember that I don't need any help from any man to do what I desire to do in the lives of these people. And I said, where did I go wrong? And he said, you did not ask me one time to divinely heal their body. He said, I don't want you to ever pray for anyone again when you don't lay your hands on them and expect a miracle to happen in their lives. I don't want you to ever pray for anyone again without this expectation that I am able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think according to my power that is alive and working in their lives. And I just started repenting and asking the Lord to forgive me because I realized that my faith was not playing the important role in my life that it needs to play. Now, before you say, well, what a sorry pastor you are, let me just say that we all have seasons in our lives where we tend to turn to the world and the answers that come to us through a worldly system as much or more often than we do to call upon the name of the Lord God Almighty. And so what I want to talk to you today about is just this idea of how rich you are in the realm of the Spirit if you understand the power of faith. And if you understand how much God has for us, if we will simply believe and activate the faith that He has given us. So I want to read this passage of scripture that you're familiar with, and I just want to share a few thoughts, and then here's what the Lord has instructed me to do today. When we leave this house, I want to pray for you. I don't want to pray about your circumstance, 
Because if I pray for your circumstance, everyone that comes up here will have a different variety of a circumstance that you may be going through. But what I want to pray for you for today is that God would re-energize the faith that is in your heart and your mind and your spirit so that when you leave this house today, you will say something to this effect. I have a mustard seed and I'm not afraid to use it. I saw that on Facebook here a few days ago, and I said, well, that, something positive finally came across Facebook. Listen, we've got to understand that we, if all we have is just an, a mustard seed of faith, we have all that we need in Jesus' name to overcome any situation, but we've got to sow that seed of faith for it to work. Matthew chapter 17 Beginning at verse 14 says, And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless, and twisted in the King James Version, it says perverse generation. How long am I to be with you? And how long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the boy was healed instantly. And then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, If you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, You will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, And it will move. And nothing shall be impossible for you. Father, thank you for your word. Let me say what it is that you want said today. Or let me just get back out of the way and get my own agendas out of the way and my own ideas of what should be and said and how it should be said. And Lord, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you will speak through me today in such a way that when we leave here, that our soul and our spirit will be energized with a fresh touch of faith. And those things that have discouraged us and worried us and held us back, that they will fall before us in the name of Jesus because of the faith that we had sown on behalf of that situation. So, Father, I thank you for that and what you're going to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I, knew, I remember several years ago, and one of the disadvantages to being a pastor for a long term is that you've probably heard my stories, many of them a few times, and I'm not going to waste a lot of time or, or take a lot of time, but I do remember a time when we were pastoring our very first church. It was on Saturday night. We'd been somewhere, and I was feeling sick. I knew that I was catching the flu or something like that, and we had church the next day, and I needed to preach the next day and conduct the worship services, and I was feeling lousy. And I, I just said to, the, to Jonathan, I don't even think Erin was born yet. If she was, she was about this big. 
And I just said, I, I'm going to stop at the drugstore and get some Theraflu or something. I'm going to take it and rest tonight so that I can be uh, better in the morning. And Jonathan, in the back seat, and we didn't have car seats back in those days. Uh, we were real people. I mean, we, were, we weren't afraid uh, of that. We, and he just sitting in the back seat. And he got up between the seats and he said, you don't feel good, Daddy? And I said, I'm not feeling well. He said, I'll pray for you. And he reached up there with his hand and he put it on my forehead and he said, God, heal my daddy. In Jesus' name, amen. He got back in the back seat and did whatever it was that he was doing. And so when we went by the drugstore, I pulled in and I was getting ready to go in to get my Theraflu. And Jonathan looked at me and he said, what are you doing, Daddy? And I said, well, I'm going to get some Theraflu so that I can take it and feel better in the morning. He said, but I prayed for you. I said, well, yeah, but it's okay to take some Theraflu. And it made him mad. And he just, he looked up to heaven and he said, God, forget it. I mean, just that quick, God, forget it. And I remember feeling about this tall I really do, because here I was, the pastor of the church, and I did not have enough faith to accept the prayer of that young child who prayed very sincerely for me. And this week I got to thinking about that and how many times in my life that I've been in a place where I was so desperate for a move of God that I knew that if God didn't do something, Something really terribly bad was going to result. And I'd pray for every kind of situation that could materialize. I'd think about what could a doctor provide? What could a counselor provide? What could a friend provide? What could this one provide? What could that one provide? And all of the time, the help and the hope that I needed was not found in anything natural but was found in the supernatural. You should never forget that the problems that you're up against are demonically inspired and initiated. God is not doing something to you to see how tough you are, but He has promised that you will face difficulties in the world. You shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Amen. So what you're facing today in your life, what you're facing in your body, what you're facing in your kids' lives, what you're facing in your world is not God trying to see how tough you are, but it's demonically initiated in your life. And God is waiting for you to stand up and take a stand and come against the enemy through faith. So what is this thing, faith? What is this circumstance? I think it's interesting that Jesus said, if you speak to this mountain, what is he talking about, this mountain? Was he talking about a pile of dirt? Was he talking about something that was physical before them? Well, it's possible that he may have been. He may have been referencing one of the many hills or mountains in the area to catch their attention. But listen, 
He was not talking about speaking to a physical mountain and saying, I don't like where you are, so I'm asking you to move and put yourself into the sea. It's interesting, if you go to Luke chapter 17, he says something very similar to this, except for that he says, if you speak to this mulberry bush, then it will be removed uh, and into the sea. So Jesus is not trying to say that it has to be a mulberry bush or a mountain, but what he is saying is, is that whatever obstacle that the enemy is putting before you has to succumb to the faith of the child of God as we call upon him in Jesus' name. So whatever it is that you're facing today, it will seem like a mountain. It may seem like a mulberry bush. It will seem like something that is in your way. But Jesus is saying here that you have the power and the authority to speak and declare the things of the kingdom so that that circumstance has to obey your command. The mountain. Then he says... You've got to speak to your mountain. That's the key to it. Now, many of us, we just sit around and wait for God to do something. Well, God, I've prayed about it, and I've asked you for it, and I've asked you about it, and so now I'm just going to sit around and drink coffee until you move on my behalf. I, I'm just going to Google it. I'm just going to try and figure out what, what I can do to make this situation different. And the scripture says, Jesus said, if you speak to this mountain. Now what is he talking about? He's talking about declaring with your mouth and agreeing with God what God has already said about your circumstance. I don't care how bad your body hurts you can still cause your mouth to say, in Jesus' name, by his stripes, I am healed. I may not feel the evidence of it right now, but by the stripes that Jesus bore on his back, I declare today that I am healed. You can speak with your mouth and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I shall, I will, I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. You can't stop me from it. My boss can't stop me from it. My spouse can't stop me from it. My circumstances can't stop me from it. I have the choice of my own will and my own volition to understand that this is a day that God has blessed me with and therefore I'm going to use this opportunity to bless Him his name and give glory to who he is so that joy can abide and reside in me. He said, oh, I haven't felt joy in such a long time. Well, start feeling it. Start doing something to bring joy. Get away from your circumstance if you can and start speaking to your mountain. Now, that doesn't mean that you go to somebody who's irritating and speak to them and say, you know what, you're irritating every fire, fiber of my being. In fact, I thought about you this morning when I woke up, and I don't mind telling you right now, I hate your ever-living guts. That's not what I'm talking about. 
I'm not talking about getting on Facebook and saying something happened to me 23 years ago and I'm still upset about it and I'm still mad about it and I'm still aggravated about it and so I'm going to talk about it today and unload this. No, I get in your closet of prayer and begin to speak in the name of Jesus, the word of God over your circumstance. Speak. I've told you this about my mom. She was a positive person. She was a happy person. But she knew how to pray. And listen, I'm telling you, when I was going through a season in my life, when I was not living as I knew that I should be living, I was in high school, middle school, all that kind of stuff, and doing things I knew better than to do, being with people that I knew better than to be with, and just living a life that was contrary to the walk of the Spirit. My mom, she didn't come in and say, shame on you, shame on you, shame on you. No, she would get in the closet right next door to my bedroom, and she would begin praying, and sometimes she would pray until early in the morning. And I don't mean that she prayed a little bit. I don't mean that she prayed, Lord, I'm here, but I don't want anybody else to hear me. <clears throat> I'm just praying this soft, little, easy going prayer because I don't want to upset Robbie. You know, he, that's what she called me. No, don't get any ideas, Jane. I, I, don't wanna, I, don't, I don't want Robbie to get upset. and I, You know, I don't want to offend. No, no, she went in that closet and she didn't care who in the world. She said, God, in Jesus' name, I'm coming to you right now. The devil is trying to get my son. Uh, and I declare right now in the middle of this night that I am not going to stand for it. By the blood of the Lamb, I am praying that my son will come back to where he needs to be. Listen, there are times that we've just got to grab hold of the horns of the altar and stay there and pray until we have prayed through and touched the throne room of God. There are times that we've just got to do that. I remember when Jonathan was little and Donna would just hold him in her arms and rock him. She used really big rocks too and that's what's wrong with him today. But she would just, she would rock him back and forth and, and, and we thought that he might have to have a, a surgical procedure when he was a young man and the doctors were saying, well, it, it's possible that he may have to have surgery for this and that, not, not with her. She she got her little boy in her hand and started rocking him back and forth and said, oh, Lord, healing is the children's bread. By your stripes we are healed. I lay my hands upon this son, and I'm declaring health and healing over him. And let me tell you, that boy didn't have to have any surgery because Jesus Christ healed him through his power and through the faith that was presented by by the saint of God. Prayer. Speak to your situation. Speak the faith that is necessary. <laughs> you know, we, we see situations and say, oh my goodness, I'm all upset. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. How am I going to make it? I'm not making fun of anybody. But let me tell you, God didn't call you to... I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm, 
I don't know. I'm fearful this might happen. I'm fearful that might happen. Oh, when you start talking like that and acting like that and living like that, the devil's just sitting back, sipping lemonade and saying, I got them right where I want them to be. Listen, in your circumstance, when times are tough, that's when you've got to grab hold and with faith begin to pray and say, devil, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And therefore, I will not operate or stand in or or entertain anything that is fearful. I will put it out of my mind. And in Jesus' name, I'm going to put what builds faith into me Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. I'm going to be covered from the top of my head to the soles of my feet by what the word of the Lord has declared over my circumstance. Speak. Speak. Now he says something to the disciples. They came and they said, Jesus, why could we not cast the demon out? And he said to them, because of your little faith. And then he turns around and he says to them, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. Now, do you know that mustard seeds is the smallest seed? I mean, he's not, what's he talking about here? He's saying, you have little faith, but all you need is little faith. You don't need a truckload of faith. You don't need an airplane full of faith. What he's saying here is, is that you're not activating any kind of faith. Now, let me tell you about a couple different kinds of faith here. First of all, there's this faith that brings us to a place where we believe that Jesus is who we say he is. And that he did on Calvary what he said he would do. And that was to die and shed his blood for the remission of our sins. I thank God that if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that his blood has washed away your sin and has removed it as far away as the east from the west, never to be remembered against you again. You're saved. But I know a lot of saved people who aren't doing diddly squat in terms of initiating and walking in victory in their lives. Now, it's my job as a pastor, teacher, preacher to help you along in your journey and help you understand Scripture the way that you need to understand it so that you're growing in your faith. And that's what I'm trying to do. Dorothy tells me all the time, you're, you're making disciples. Well, isn't that what I'm supposed to be doing? I'm supposed to be building people who God has saved through Jesus Christ, his son, but now we're maturing in our faith. They said, why couldn't we cast the demon out? And he said, because of your little faith. Well, what's the solution? Little faith. You failed because of your little faith. So what's the solution? Little faith. Just a mustard seed. You see, the kind of little faith that he was talking about when he said you couldn't do this was the kind of faith that highlights doubt. Doubt. The Bible says if we doubt that we can't expect to receive anything from the Lord, 
We're double-minded. We are unstable in all of our ways. So he's talking about doubt. He's saying you just had, just your faith was covered in doubt. How many of you have ever prayed a prayer and then you knew really that it wasn't going to happen? So, Lord, I'm, I'm praying this only because I'm told to, only because somebody said I should, only because it feels like the right thing, but I don't really believe it's going to happen. I don't really believe it's going to work. I don't, I don't really believe that, that, that I can receive this kind of blessing. It's little faith. It's covered in doubt. I can't wait till Christmas because I love one of my favorite candies is chocolate-covered cherries. Now, you can say whatever is the best part of that to you, whatever the chocolate's the best for some of you, that little white, creamy stuff in the middle, that's good for some of you. There's some kind of a see-through liquid in there that I'm not sure what it is. That tastes good, too. But the truth of the matter is is that we're all trying to get to the cherry, right? We're We're all trying to get to the center. We're trying to get to the cherry. And so we, we put that thing in our mouth and we're ready. I'm ready. I'm expecting a cherry. Oh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy the chocolate. I'm going to enjoy the white part. I'm going to enjoy the, the clear part. But boy, I'm going to eat that cherry. I'm going to hold it in my mouth. I'm going to squish it from side to side to side to side to side. I'm going to get it good. And then finally, I'm going to take that blow with my molars, and I'm going to squish that cherry, and I'm going to consume it. And some of us look like at our prayers like that. It's like, well, I believe. But you know, I don't know if God's really going to do anything beyond just the, the chocolate coating. I, I don't know if we're going to be able to get where we need to be with just the white stuff or just the clear stuff. I don't know. Maybe I can pray But simultaneously, I can look to see if the world has any options for me. I'm going to look to see if there's some natural path that I can take. I'm going to see if this will work or that will work. And we find ourselves in situations where more harm is done than good. Why is that? Well, remember Psalm chapter 1 that says, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, but his delight is in the Lord. Is that not right? I have a family member, not a family member anymore, but was for many years part of our family unit. Started feeling certain things after being married for 30 years. Started feeling certain ways and decided to go get some counseling. But it wasn't a Christian counselor. It was a worldly counselor. It was a natural counselor. It's someone who believed what the world would tell you would fix the problem. Listen, if they don't understand what the Word of God says... They have no business counseling you, and you have no business listening to them. I'm not telling you they can't give you some good advice from time to time, but there will always, mark this down, put the date down, pastor said this on this date, 
There will always come a place and a time where their natural knowledge runs out. And if they cannot tap into a spiritual knowledge, then they cannot help you any longer. And this member of our family went to this counselor. And this counselor said, well, your problem is that inside, in your inner being, you're homosexual. And it doesn't matter that you're married and that you have kids. You haven't been true to yourself. And if you're ever going to find the peace that you're looking for, you're going to accept your homosexuality. And sadly, that's what this individual did. Left wife, left family, took on a lover that was outside of the purview of the kingdom of God. And that person still lives in that relationship today. But let me tell you something. The peace that was sought for is still absent because the peace that was sought for was a worldly, natural, ungodly peace. And let me tell you something. If you're looking for peace today, there's only one place that you're going to find it. And it's not in the world. And it's not from a natural process. It will come through Jesus Christ who will give you the peace of God that passes all understanding. So before you start lining yourself up with somebody who can only tell you what the world would have to say about it, it's time for you to say, no, no, God, I've got to hear from you. If I have to spend the night in the closet, if I have to fast the next three days, uh, if I have to do whatever I have to do, I'm not going to let the devil have his way in the life of my home and my family. I'm not going to let the devil win. Come help me quit, musicians, somebody. There's one other thing, that one other word that just jumped off the pages at me this week. It's because of your little faith, he said, for truly I say to you, if you have faith, if you have faith, like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. If. 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 The devil knows that that one word will hinge you towards victory or defeat. If. All of this passage is about little things. He said to the disciples, you couldn't be victorious over the demonic because you had little faith. He said, but if you will have 
faith as a mustard seed, a little bitty tiny seed. And then Jesus uses a little, small, tiny word to say that you have the ability, but it's up to you. And the if is what's keeping you hanging in the balance. If you believe, you'll have victory. If you operate with little faith, no faith, nothing in the ground, then you will be defeated. Let me tell you, the closer we come to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the more seed we need to have in the ground. What am I going to do with my mustard seed? Am I afraid to use it? Maybe I can just keep it in my pocket. Every now and then I can take it out and just be reminded that if I ever need to use this, I can use it. If I ever need to sow this, I can sow it. But I'm going to wait till the last possible minute to sow this seed. See if I can work it out through some worldly system. Through some natural process. And I'm going to hang on to my mustard seed. Because it took me a long time to get it. And it may be a long time before I get another one. Mustard seed. Mustard seed. But here's what you don't know. The Bible tells us in several places in the New Testament that when you take that mustard seed and you put it in the ground, it grows. And it produces a tree that gets big enough that the birds can roost in the tree and rest there. It produces a place that produces rest and produces more mustard seed. <laughs> when are we going to get that in our heads? I got to hoard my faith. I've got to hoard my money. I can't give because if I give, I, I might not have this money somewhere down the road. I need to hoard it. I can't love somebody. I need all the love I can have because I might need it one of these days. I can't give love to somebody. What if I forgive? Then I won't have anybody left to forgive. And I need to hang on to that. I need to hold on to that. I need to keep that in my possession. Listen. The Holy Spirit wants you to know that if you can ever get to the place where you trust Him with all of the provision that you will ever need in your life and sow your mustard seed into the ground, that what will happen is, is that more seed will begin to blossom and grow up and you'll have mustard seed everywhere where you need it. Mustard seed. Sow it. And what prevents us from doing that is right here. It's all right here. 
God has entrusted you with the stewardship over your mustard seed. Did you know that the Bible says that when he created you, that he put in you a measure of faith? It is a lie from the devil for any of us to say, I don't have faith. I don't have faith. I don't have any faith. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie, 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 lie. It's a lie. Because the one who created you, the Bible says, placed within you a measure of faith. Some of you just need to reach down in there and get a hold of that little faith that Jesus put in you, that your creator put in you, and draw it out and say, huh, it looks about like a mustard seed to me. I've got a mustard seed, and devil, I am not afraid to use it against you. In Jesus' name, I declare God's will over my life and family. I declare healing over my body. I declare joy and comfort and peace over my mind. I declare prosperity over my finances. And I declare prosperity over my spirit. Will you stand with me this morning? Oh, Father. Lord, some days I just... I just think about all the things that I could have in my life. All the blessings that you would love to bestow upon me. If I would just sow that mustard seed. If I would just by faith release from between my fingers That faith that you have planted in me, just plant that, Lord, so that the miracles can come forth in my life. I've sown enough fear, Father, for a lifetime. I have worried about things that I couldn't do anything about because it wasn't my choice. It wasn't something that I could do anything about really because I'm worrying about someone else who has to make the decision. And I worry. And I cry and I weep. I wonder how's this all going to turn out? Is the devil going to get my kid? Is my marriage going to end in divorce? Am I going to be broke? Will I be able to retire? 
Will I find myself in a wheelchair? Am I going to lose my mind? Is Alzheimer's going to get me? Am I going to die with dementia? Am I going to have a heart attack? I'm so afraid. I'm so fearful. And Lord, I've sown enough seeds of fear and doubt to last a lifetime. I pray for those who are hearing my voice today that they will make up their mind that I am not going to let fear back me down. And I am not going to let the devil steal one more thing from me. He has stolen from me for the last time. He may try, but I declare in Jesus' name that I'm going to win the victory. And it's all going to start. My big victory is going to come from a little seed that I'm going to sow. That's going to cause a great harvest of faith to come forth in me. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Prayer team, will you come? And will you get in place? And listen, prayer team, as you're coming today, I feel like the Lord directed us to do this today. I don't want you to pray for their circumstances. They come up and say, I need healing in my body. Don't pray that God will heal them. I want you to pray for their mind. I want you to pray that they'll have faith.